the Dead Pair Podcast is energized by KL Ammo Game Boy US. Oh. Welcome to the Dead Pair Podcast, coming in hot with everything you want to hear about sporting clays. Guy Fieri. How are you, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Anthony Matteris Jr., how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Welcome back, David Radulovic. That's a net positive. <laughs> Brad Kidd. Corey Cruz. Thank you for joining us this evening. Now I feel awkward. With your hosts, Jason Rambo. One more Red Bull for you. And Sean Alley. Woo, yeah! It's Christmas. Let's do it! Often imitated, but never duplicated. It's the Dead Pair Podcast. And now, it's showtime. What's up, Mr. Alley? Well, uh, I was just watching you play on your phone over there. Well, well, I was ready to get started trying to be all businesslike. You know why? Why? Because I can. Well, of course you can. <laughs> Man, we have got a lot to announce on this intro here. Yeah, and let's start first things first. This is our last podcast of the 2022 season. Oh, my goodness. Episode 105, am I right? Yeah, yeah. yeah 105 100. episodes since me and you had this bright idea to start I have this put time. up with you for 105 weeks. No, 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 no. It's, it's <laughs> I have put up with you for 105 episodes. Oh, God love you. I still have a blast doing this every time we get to come in here, man. Oh, heck yeah. What What is there better to talk about than Breaking Birds? Um, we do have... Some exciting news. All right, wait a minute. Before you go to the exciting news. What's that? I want to remind all of our listeners, there is no podcast the week of Christmas or the week of New Year's. That's right. That's important. That's right. So good. don't don't go looking for one because you're not going to find one. Me and Jason need a, a break. Well, it's a good time to catch up on those older episodes or maybe some of those videos you haven't seen yet. Yeah, so have. don't write us any angry hate mails wondering where the podcast <laughs> right. is for that week. You're not going to get one. <laughs> yeah. This is it. This is episode 105, last episode for 2022. Yep. Um, the Ranger glasses giveaway. Oh, yes. We uh, have some Ranger dusters to give away, and we have four winners. Yeah, we've already contacted the winners, so by the time you guys hear this, um, they'll probably already have their glasses. So our first winner uh, was Scott M. from Mississippi. Congratulations, Scott. All right. Uh, then we had Jennifer J. Uh, from Texas. We had Henry L. from Virginia. And Toby T from Louisiana. So congratulations, all the Southern people won yeah. this event. So you, you Northern guys, got to get up, uh, get get your game up. The Southerners uh, definitely took all the swag home on this one. <laughs> yeah, but we got another big announcement, Jason. I'll oh, let you take the man. floor on that one. This is awesome. So. We have talked about those Adara headphones. Of course, Sean, you haven't got to play with yours. I, I don't get to play with mine at all. My wife, wife stole them. Yeah, they got her name written on it and everything. I don't get to touch them. So. <laughs> but um, Adara and Odo Pro were kind enough to go together, and they are offering a set of their Adara headphones, Bluetooth, with the TV bundle. Yeah, that's the big bundle. It's like $499 value. $499 retail value, and th- these things are awesome. Uh, this is not obviously you don't wear them for shooting, uh, but they were kind enough to extend these for a giveaway. Um, we're going to give this set away. What we're going to do time you're hearing this, um, you'll have to go back and look. We'll have a post on Facebook and Instagram on the 9th of December is when the post will be. And all you got to do, this is really simple. You got to make sure you're following the dead pair, Instagram and or Facebook and Odo pro. Okay. And then all you got to do is comment on the post and tag three of your friends. Yeah, three of your shooting buddies. Three of your shooting buddies is what, yeah. And Jennifer Stewart from Pro is going to pick the winner. Sean and I are going to do a, I don't know if we're going to do a Facebook Live or Instagram Live, probably yeah. both. We'll do something. But basically, our hands are clean because Jennifer gets to decide the Jennifer's winner. Jennifer's going to pick, but on the 19th of December, uh, we'll do something that evening live and uh, announce the winner. And we'll we'll cover the shipping. Um, we're going to send these things out. I don't know if you'll get them in time for Christmas. Going, being that the winter's it, not being, picked it'll probably be after but. Christmas. Because you know what, I'd hate to even ship anything out during Christmas time. Because oh my goodness, God knows if you'll get it or not. Yeah, but I'm telling you, you guys are going to love these Odo Pros. These oh, yes. things are very comfortable. Uh, you can download the app, do the ear test. They adjust the the equalizer. I'm not saying this right. I'm going to get and a phone call. Look, look, look. they're just freaking sweet. They are awesome. They are sweet. I listen to mine every single night. So, um, but no, thank you very much to both Odo Pro and Adara for giving those away. We appreciate that. Yep. Uh, next up, we've got uh, some tourney talk. Right? We do have a tourney talk. It's tourney talk. <laughs> to you by score chaser 
our big announcement right now is that the Ohio State shoot is up, uh, and I've got some details for that. Last year, the Ohio State shoot had over 500 shooters. No. Wasn't it? 400. 400? Yes. Oh, I thought over 400. Okay, over 400 shooters. My bad. Uh, but we do have the purse. Uh, Jake Spangler, Cardinal Center, is going to be hosting the two, two, 2023 Ohio State shoot. Um, every class, first through fifth, uh, payouts are 1000 for first, 800 500 350 250 uh, HOA payouts, 4000 and the runner-up payout is 2500 And those amounts could possibly change before the, the tournament actually happens, but yeah. we'll see what happens from They're, here to there. They can only go up. Yeah, they can only go up, but heck, it's a it's a great big shoot. Cardinal Center is a great place to be, easy to get to right off I-71 in Marengo. Going to have Joe Skull setting the targets. Yep, Joe Skull setting targets. It's going to be a great time. Hopefully, uh, a lot of people can make it to that one. Yeah, for sure. And, you know... For the people that aren't wanting to travel all the way to Colorado that exact same weekend, um, I mean, they can still get Team USA points because the amount of people it's going to be at the shoot. Yep. So, yep. Absolutely. Uh, this is going to be this going to be awesome. Uh, this is going to be a big one for Ohio State, and uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Gotcha. All right. Now, I think that's all the announcements. Now, what are we doing a podcast about tonight? Oh my goodness. We are going to have the man himself from Dark Horse Shooting School, Tracy Wright. Yeah, big old Tracy. All the way from Washington, big old Tracy. That guy is like... He's a man mountain. Well, I think Chad Roberts called him a Viking. (laughs) He's a Viking, I think that's a good term. That's a good term. He's a Viking. Yeah, but he's a great guy. He's a good dude. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to talk to him. In fact, let's get that man on the phone. Do it. The Dead Pair. All right, the man from Dark Horse Shooting, Tracy Wright. What's up, Trace? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great, Tracy. Glad to have you back on the show again, man. It's good to be back. Coming yeah. to us, what part of Washington? I'm in Spokane, Washington. Spokane. I'm right on the Idaho border. Okay. Oh, man. Is it snowing up there yet? <laughs> it's cold. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at about eight inches of snow right now. Oh, well, keep it over there, would you please? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best, but you can have it, honestly. Well, Tracy, <laughs> you and I had had some, some phone conversations back and forth, and we kind of came up with a couple of topics we wanted to talk about tonight, and I'm really excited about yeah. these. So the two topics, just so everybody knows, that Tracy and I came up with, uh, one is being fundamentally perfect in practice and in tournaments by way of process-focused shooting. Um, the second topic is how detailed you should be in your pre-shot routine. And both of these are, I, I love both these topics because I am completely trashing both of them. So I need all the help I can get. <laughs> so, but, um, Sean, you had some questions for Tracy about all this. Well, I mean, my first question, Tracy, let's start with, 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 with number one here. How can you be fundamentally perfect in practice and in tournaments? I mean, it almost sounds like an impossibility, right? Or is this something you actually (laughs) believe in? And is this something you teach your students? Well, yeah, no, I absolutely believe in it. And I teach my students, you know, I spend a ton of time trying to make sure that the curriculum that I teach is valid. And so there, you know, honestly, I feel like I've kind of, you know, I've thrown some tournaments away, just completely investing myself in a new topic or in a new principle or something that I'm trying to try you know, to make sure that I can bring new tools to my students. Um, But, you know, it kind of started with, there was a Tiger Woods video initially, and he talked about he made practice so difficult for himself that when he got to tournament day, everything felt easier. Um, And so I really, you know, that and part of my, my, my psychology background in a treatment situation was if we could see an 80% reduction in behaviors, most of the time when those supports went away or they moved on, they retained about 40% of it. You know what I mean? So I really, you know, I think if you strive for perfection in your training and you're absolutely as detail oriented as you can possibly be, the percentage of what you can actually bring to a tournament is going to be that much higher. Um, And, you know, and I'm kind of one of those guys, I don't have a huge budget. Um, I work a day job, I teach full time. So every round counts. So when I'm out there practicing, a lot of times it's by myself, it's with the voice actuated, you know, long range trap and an Atlas. Um, and I'm just trying to do my best at every single shot, making it as perfect as possible. 
that's that's awesome um i i I, you and I need to talk further about this, but anyway, um, so obviously being fundamentally perfect, this is something the the listener is going to start with good instruction. Is that correct? Without a doubt. And so, so I really feel like, so process-based shooting is in my mind, it's all fundamentally based. So the more fundamentally focused you are, the more process-based you are. So, I know a lot of people hear the word process-based shooting and it sounds like, you know, like another language, but it's really as simplistic as it sounds. Anything that you want a really consistent outcome for, you're going to have a very regimented set detailed process, manufacturing, building, cooking, uh, you know, working on your car, whatever it may be, you know, this is why blueprinted engines are so sought after. Right. There's very, very strict processes um, around it. And that way you get a very consistent outcome. You get a quality product. Um, so I'm really big on teaching very detailed processes and then, t- um, tying it into neuropsychology. And this is something that, you know, I've been in the psychology field for 30 years and it got really big about 15 years ago. And it really kind of changed the way that we worked with all of our clients. You know, it felt like we were kind of forcing an intervention on a client and it didn't seem like it was always the most opportune time. Um, When we started to understand neuropsychology, we were able to offer much more specific uh, tools and interventions at the best time. So it was really learning your client. It was very, very specific and individualized. Um, so neuropsychology has just kind of been the core of the process in the pre-shot routine. Okay. And and I look at I look at the process as programming, and I look at the pre-shot routine as execution. And so I separate the two very clearly, and then we kind of learn to put it together. But um, I usually start off with teaching my student a process. And then later on, we start talking about pre-shot routine when they're kind of more ready to start competing. But in my mind, the basis for all that is a process, which is fundamentals. All right. Can you kind of walk us through that, Tracy? I mean, for everybody listening out there, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but can you give us like an example? Like say somebody's, you know, you've already done your pre-shot routine. Now it's ready to to call, pull and and do your job. So can you kind of walk us through the process or an example of the process? Sure. So, I mean, when I, I guess when you think about fundamentals of shooting, you're going to be talking about the basics. You're going to be talking about, you know, most of the time I tell my students to start from the feet and go up. So you set your feet, you pick out the break point, you establish your um, break points, your visual pickup points, your hold points. Um, You check your transition to hold point two. Um, all of those different things, you know, foot position, turning from your feet and your ankles, uh, soft hands, all those little fundamentals that equate to the perfect shot. Mm -hmm. Everybody's process is going to be different and specific to them. So, you know, for example, in psychology, we'll get clients that might have 30 documentable behaviors, but we may focus on two or three. And if you address like two or three driving behaviors, 15 may fall off and then you've just got that many less to deal with. So I'm really big on a process being focused on a few key points, right? So basically the process is the fundamental of each individual shot in each individual station. And then the pre-shot routine is really the execution phase. And that has to do with visualizing, um, loading the gun. I'm really big on, kind of checking myself psychologically and checking my brain speed. I'll kind of go into neuropsychology here. I've got a little story I can tell you. Okay. But in my pre-shot routine, I've got very, very specifically planned pauses to kind of check in with myself psychologically to find out how fast I'm going. If I've got a really good routine that forces me to do it every single pair, then I can identify when I'm speeding up before I start to dribble targets away before the loss occurs. And that's the big thing is, uh, being self-aware enough to identify before the damage occurs. Okay. 
So what I can do, so I'll tell you a little story that kind of helps understand it, I guess. Um, so I, I worked with a really, really prominent neuropsychologist here in, here in Spokane area. Um, and he would basically measure, um, he would do a full neuropsych assessment on each individual client. And I guess in the most basic form, it measures the speed of the brain. Okay. Somebody who's anxious, who has maybe PTSD, schizophrenia, things like that, an unhealthy brain, it's traditionally going to be going much, much faster than a healthy brain, or it's going to be going too slow, something like that. It's not in an optimum speed for learning um, or for, um, you know, executing any kind of fine motor skill, a plan, uh, things like that. So through understanding where that person functioned at or their speed, we did things like controlling their environment. Um, we either sped it up a little bit or we would slow it down um, through music, um, things like that. Um, teaching different tools like deep breathing, active listening, stuff like this. Okay. So um, for example, um, I had a client who's very, very aggressive. Um, they were, um, you know, in the facility, they're banging their head, they're yelling at staff, screaming at the top of their lungs. They're very, very aggressive. Um, and instead of going in saying, Hey, let's use our skills. Let's, you know, here's a tool that you can use this, you can use that. Um, my first approach was, did you hear that? And, uh, he yelled at me a little bit and he, I could see him kind of stop and listen. And he goes, hear what, you know, and he's still screaming at me. And I said, did you hear that? And he goes, no, I didn't hear it. And he started to start, his voice tone started to drop because he's actively listening, which was a coping strategy. So the more that I could hear his, um, his voice tone dropped. Then I started asking questions just to get him to start listening to my voice, start processing, start reflecting. And as soon as I started to see some thought and some conversation go, then I started asking to utilize his tools. Okay. He was able to utilize those tools when he slowed down. If I approached him when he was going too fast, he didn't have the faculties to utilize them. So it's almost like you startled his thought process. Well, it's, it's a grounding technique that basically, so if, if you're actively listening, you're a hundred percent in the moment. Okay. So the trauma that he's, um, in, you know, uh, encountered in his past, um, the fears that he has about the future, they're all gone because he's completely in the moment. So all of a sudden, everything that was driving that sped up thought process was drifting away. So he started to get grounded. He started to slow down in his thoughts. Those fears, those anxieties, those traumas started to go away. And then he was able to start to utilize those tools. Wow. That's awesome. So that's how you developed into training your students for building a pre-shot. Yes. That is yes. awesome. Well, yeah. before, before we get off fundamentally, okay. perfect. <laughs> Cause I'm excited about getting into the pre-shot. Can it's kind you, of a rabbit hole and they're really yeah. tied in. So it's really hard to not go too far down one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. I'm, I'm anxious to jump in. Um, so can you explain how the process helps to overcome a miss? In other words, how does the process focus help you reset and compensate so that you're not dwelling on that missed bird by being yeah, fundamentally perfect? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a tough one. So I went really, really deep into this and I, I even went as far as I went to a psychologist or to a, um, uh, I've been to all those people, but uh, a hypnotherapist okay. and it was to strengthen that basically. But the more process based you are, the more analytical you are about your misses and the less emotional you are about your misses. So really a goal of a process is not just to keep you running in an optimum brain speed, but it's to keep you analytical and in the moment. Okay. So you're not thinking about, Oh, I missed, um, you know, Oh my gosh, I'm slipping my, my leads going. Uh, if I run this station, I can go to the finish line, you know, and I've got, I'm on an ID eight. You're not thinking about that. You're thinking about, okay, perfect setup. Okay. 
I missed that particular target. I felt a little bit too much front hand tension. I jumped out of my hold point. Maybe I'm too far back. You know what I mean? So you go into this analytical phase as opposed to an emotional response to the miss. Okay. So this is where Don Grant comes in. <laughs> well, and a- absolutely. So I've used, you know, hypnosis to strengthen my processes and my pre-shot routines and to also keep my goals more based on fundamentals than outcomes, you know, and, and hypnosis has done wonders at strengthening those, those principles. Okay. So Trace, let me ask you this. So in, in, in shooting terms and, and, and again, forgive me if I'm not phrasing this correctly. So if you're a shooter yeah. in the box and you know, you got three pair, you got six birds to bust, you, you miss one of the birds mm-hmm. and let's say, you know why you missed you either above it, you, your lead was too far in front of it or too far behind it, whatever the reason. But yep. in order to re to, in order to evaluate, so, you know, you missed, you know, why you missed yep. as far as like you shot over it, you shot in front of it, whatever, but to yep. back it up even further, you're saying you're actually thinking about your movement, your hand placement. What was it that caused you to, to do that to where you did miss in that way? Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. You know, and it's, it's one of the things I think it frustrates my students from time to time. Uh, was I in front? Was I behind? Was I here? Was I there? And I really, I, I try not to go there with my students, you know, unless they're pretty new shooters and they just, you know, they have, they don't have enough, um, you know, to base, you know, each individual shot on. But if it's my advanced shooter, the last thing I want to do is indulge. I'm in front, I'm behind, you know, I want right. to talk about how did the shot feel? Right. Um, let's, let's, let's back up and let's evaluate your process and your fundamentals. And let's talk about what, equates to the perfect shot here, you know, and I'm real big on your setup's got to be perfect and you've got to have, um, you got to put labels on your process and on your setup. So if my hold point is a specific place, I'm marking it on the distance or like, you know, for example, if it's the desert and I don't, you know, it's clear blue sky, I'll go from the cat, you know, six feet over the cactus on my right to the rock out in front. And if I do a grid up to that, you know, that's the perfect hold point. If I'm mm-hmm. in a heavily wooded place like M&M or something like that, I can pick out the leaf that my gun should be parked at every time I call pull. Okay. So I want to be very, very specific. It has to be so specific that it's consuming enough to where you don't, your mind doesn't have time to leave and go to those outcomes. Okay. So this is really geared more towards, I don't want to say advanced shooters, but at least shooters with enough experience to know how they missed, like whether again, you were in front of it or over it or, or under it or whatever, you, you have to be able to, to be aware of what, what happened and, and what you did, but then you have to be able to back it up to, was it my stance? Was it my whole point? You know, I mean, yes. that, so you, so it's not something that's, that's gotta be a very, very tough thing to teach a new shooter because they're, they're struggling with enough, just trying to figure out leads and all the other basics that, you know, we all go through when we first get into this game. Um, so a- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, when, you know, I'd have to say most of the time when I'm really working a very strict process and a very strict pre-shot routine is when I'm dealing with a pretty diehard competitive shooter or probably a to master. Mm -hmm. Um, Before that, I'm working really, really hard on fundamentals because that is the basis for the process. Okay. And if, you know, you know, worst case scenario, they've got super, super strong fundamentals and they take it as far as they want to best case scenario, they've got super strong fundamentals to create a process and tie it into a pre-shot. Gotcha. So, okay. I got you. So basically an A class through a master class is kind of where you're, you're dialing this in uh, at least yeah. this, this part. Well, but the overall topic applies to beginner all the way up. I, I get that. I'm just saying for our listeners out there, again, we, we have so many people in so many different classes and somebody that just joined the NSCA this year, this might be a little over the top for that guy, but yeah. obviously the first things first, get your fundamentals down. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, it's really common for me to, you know, I've got competitive shooters that'll come to me and let's say it's in the earlier classes, you know, I might ask them, do you have a pre-shot routine or do you have a process or do you understand the difference? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I got it. Okay. Um, and then I'll throw down a piece of paper and I'll say, great, let's write it down. And there's no clue how to put that on paper. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So it really doesn't, you know, I'm a big believer is if you can't write it down, it doesn't exist. 
It didn't happen. So it's got to be so clear. And so, you know, when I say clear, I don't mean complicated. You know what I mean? If there's too many steps, it's going to speed up your brain and then it's going to start to kill your ability to execute good shots. You, it's got to be simple. It's got to be consuming, but not overly complicated. And it takes, it takes somebody with experience to identify maybe a shooter's brain speed mm-hmm. and how that process and how their pre-shot routine needs to help them along. Most of the time, nine times, nine out of 10 people are going too fast. And, um, you know, you're talking about tournament anxiety, things like that pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so most people are going way too fast and you've got to develop tools to slow them down. Gotcha. I'm a big believer in active listening and I force myself to do a pause. I do a one second pause before I call for the bird every single time. I've got a one second pause when I put the shells in right before I close the gun. And I've got a one second pause right before I call for the bird. And that's to force myself to active listen. And that active listen forces me to check in with my brain speed. So if it's hard for me to hear the calm in the storm or to hear the metal lark, you know, through all the shooting, you know, um, that means I'm probably going too fast, you know? So then I need to take that deep breath. I need to hear that, take the time to hear it, slow my brain down, check my speed and then keep going. So one more question on the fundamentals before we moved on to pre-shot, because I am on the edge of my seat about this pre-shot subject. Um, <laughs> being fundamentally perfect in practice, I see, and, and listen, Sean and I are guilty of it. I don't care what he tells you. I'm telling you right now, I've seen him do it. Um, I've seen too many people out on the range, and they are just burning powder, buddy. I mean, they're just yeah. they're working on this target that they can't hit, and they just they're throwing as much lead out in the air as they possibly can. Yeah. So back up here, being fundamentally perfect in practice, they're not being fundamentally perfect by just trying to hit the target. They're no. not running and, through their fundamentals. So you're when you're practicing, Tracy, this is I guess this is my question. When you're practicing, you are doing your fundamentals as perfectly as you can every shot, just as if you're in a tournament. I'm executing my program. Okay. So yes. And I, and I love the fact that you brought up one really, really good point. And that is they're out there shooting. And I've, and I can't tell you how many times I've stopped an advanced level student. I've said, you're shooting, you're shooting. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's time to start competing. Stop shooting. You know, when you're shooting, it's all outcome based. When you're competing, you're process focused. And so, and it's really important to get them to start to understand the difference and you make it so consuming, it's so exhausting that eventually they give up on the on the outcomes and they they leave the outcome long enough to start really working on the process and then the hits start coming. Then the out the outcomes start coming. You just have to force them to realize that those outcomes are only reflection of their process and their preparation. Okay. Well, that's well said. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, I mean, without putting some kind of mysticism on it or whatever, I mean, that's that's well said, and I, I think that we're all guilty of that at some degree. Oh, absolutely, you know yeah. I mean? Seriously. Yeah. So, yeah. So practice like- It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a ton of discipline. Right. And um, you really got to be shooting, um, you know, I guess for the ultimate goal, and that's just, uh, you know, that's kind of perfection. You know, I, I know it sounds strange, but I'm really into kind of samurai culture. And when I shoot, I'm shooting for, you know, semi culture, they talk about a life spent looking for the perfect blossom would not be a life wasted. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, especially in a tournament situation, I'm looking for the perfect shot every pair. And that's not a round wasted. You know what I mean? Right. It's a round that you can take to the next round, to the next tournament, to the next goal, wherever it may be. But, um, you got to make it count. So let, let me, before we go on to the, cause oh, I, on. cause I know Jason's over there <laughs> ch- chomping at the bit. So is it, so when you actually trace it, I'm just asking this cause I think it's kind of cool what, what you're saying here. So yeah. when you actually are going through this process, when you're practicing and you have that aha moment, I mean, mm-hmm. does it, does it kind of like just ring like a bell in your head that like, wow, that was it. That's exactly how I need to do this from here on out. Is that, I mean, does that, does that come into your brain like that? Okay. Absolutely. And you know, one of the funnest things to watch is when it happens for a student, 
Yeah, oh, you know, I'm sure. It really is. It's not basic. It's pretty complex. And I can't tell you um, how many students have really had to reflect why they shoot. Um, you know, I can't remember who I heard say it, but only a certain amount um, of people have what it takes to be at the very, very highest level, to be the Anthony's, sure, to be sure. the Corey's. And it has a lot to do with um, confidence and believing in yourself. And it takes a ton of self-reflection to kind of go back and, and, and believe that you can do it, you yeah. know? And, um, and sometimes that's a major barrier in a student's complete investment of the process. You know, you have to be fully invested and you've really got to believe that you can have those outcomes, um, in order to, to really give it a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Chad Roberts worked with me over the summer and I had one of those epiphanies when we were working on an overhead yeah. tower shot and he showed me a couple things and it, it all clicked. And I had yeah. that like tingling in my head, like, wow, that was so freaking yes. cool, you know? And, uh, yeah. and, and again, so I know exactly what you're talking about. That's why I wanted to kind of touch on that because when people are out there working, you should feel that way when you figure something out, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as an instructor, that's, you know, and I'm sure Chad had probably vouch for it, that that's kind of one of our favorite moments too. Oh, oh, he he was, he was smiling ear to ear because he goes, he goes, I saw the look on your face, Sean. He goes, he goes, that made me happier than anything in the world. Oh yeah. Chad (laughs) Chad lit up at that point. It was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Okay. So here we go. All right, Jason, go ahead now. You can do this. Now, second topic, how (laughs) detailed should you be in your pre-shot routine? Now this topic I could really use some help on here, Tracy, because my pre-shot routine is garbage. Um, so let's mm-hmm. let's start with this. How do mm-hmm. you recommend a student build a pre-shot routine? You know, so what I usually do is I start off with a baseline pre-shot routine. And it's a little bit similar to kind of, um, mine is maybe a little bit slimmed down. You know, usually like in between shots, I'm like eight seconds or less. So my, I'm, I shoot pretty fast, honestly but I've got a really, really good plan when I get into the box and it's all about kind of execution after, after that. Um, but it's, I start them off with like a baseline plan that supports their process and where they're at, at that specific moment. Right. So if they're new to the process, um, it's probably going to be a, it's going to be maybe a little bit more elaborate. Most of the time, uh, we can start at that point if we need to take a, you know, a couple of steps out, we can, if they feel way too busy, but most of the time when people first learn a process, it feels like too much. And I usually, I usually let them work with that for about two to three months. Okay. And usually when they come back to me after that, they go, okay, it's not near as difficult now. It seems much, much simpler. The fact that they're first, that they're starting to reflect on those things, you know? So, um, but I start off with kind of a baseline pre-shot routine. And the big thing that we do is we write it down, you know, and we talk about, you know, it usually takes a little bit of observation. Um, and then I start teaching them kind of some skills to self-identify where their speed is. And if in three months they feel like they're still going too fast, then we need to streamline it. So we'll start off by taking maybe one step out. And we rewrite it down. So anytime we modify the pre-shot routine or the process, we have to rewrite the entire phase down. Okay. Okay. And then we start over from there. So it's very, very measured <laughs> um, in terms of how we do it. All right. So Tracy, can I ask you this? Jason's yeah. going to be evil eye here. So if you had to start <laughs> with the most basic shooter, a new shooter hasn't been shooting very long. Can you give yep. us just a very, very quick and simple, dirty breakdown about like maybe the three or four or maybe five things that they would incorporate in their first pre-shot. Yep, absolutely. And then so, and then I'll let Jason go on because I know after that, you're going to want to integrate more steps for like an intermediate shooter and then even more steps for an advanced shooter. Am I correct? Yep, absolutely. Oh, all right, so that, yep. I'm getting the dirty basic, Jason. <laughs> the, the most basic pre-shot routine is literally going to be hold point, uh, hold point two, Break point one, hold point one, set your feet for those break points. That's as simple as I'm going to make it. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's the beginner stage. To me, that's, that's the beginner stage. That's what we're gonna, going to establish first. Okay. Okay, Tracy. So this, was, this leads into my question. What are the major components 
of the pre-shot routine that are vital to building a successful pre-shot routine. So we've, we've established our hold points and our break points. Now, moving forward, mm-hmm. what are the vital components that, that helps build? Because listen, no, if you go out and do the pre-shot routine that Joe Finese does, I don't care how much you mimic it. It's not going to do anything for you, right? I mean, he, yeah. he built that because it works for him. It took him years to figure out what works for him. Now Absolutely. he's doing it every time. And I mean, the kids, look, I filmed him during the Top Gun shoot off and they were, yeah. you know, the announcer was playing, you know, whistling the Jeopardy song and stuff. And Joe yeah. acted like there was nobody in that stadium. There was yeah. nobody there. And he yeah. was so dialed in. But if you try to mimic that, that's not going to work for you. Okay? So, you so, know, that, it, that's a pet peeve, actually, you know, and, it, and, and to me, it's like, you know, and I've watched, you know, I've watched these guys. I've watched Joe, um, Anthony rocks back and forth. I hope I don't get in trouble for this and playing, <laughs> calling people out or whatnot. But uh, it really bothers me when I watch, like, you know, as soon as Anthony starts rocking, you're going to go out to the next shoot and you're going to see about the next 10 people rock. They don't know why they're rocking. Um, they're shooting an auto. They're, they're checking their hat and checking the ejection port, like, like Joe or something like that. Right. So I'm just really, really big on, it being very specific to them. And if you say, Hey, why do you do this? You've got to have an answer. You've got to be able to articulate right. each individual step and, you're and in, each step has got to have a purpose. Right. And your answer can't be because it works for Joe. Exactly. Right. Because exactly. it's not going to work for you. So that's, no. that's why I really want to know what do you feel are the vital components to building a successful pre-shot routine? Your student comes to you and says, Hey, we're going to work on my pre-shot routine. You say, okay, well, let's write it down. What, what key factors are you looking for there that that, that he or she says to you is in that pre-shot routine? Yeah. I, so I think number one is I think you've got to, you've got to kind of stay ahead of the voice. So, and what I mean by the voice is the voice of doubt, right? So you want to kind of answer conscious questions or questions that your voice might have that might interrupt your subconscious and executing the shot. Right. So let's say, um, uh, let's say it's an outcome based thought or, um, it's a fear based thought, something like that. You want to find a way to address that, you know? So for me, if it's a fear, I'm going to find something that helps me control my state of mind. Right. So sometimes if I, if I start to feel fearful or things like that, I like to channel like you know like for me i like analogies or something to relate to like maybe an animal you know like a cobra or a tiger or whatever you know there's no fear there it's just a primal response to a situation okay so something that addresses that conscious question number one and then number two this is and this is based off kind of a competitive shooter what is going to help you stay in the right brain speed for you so what's going to help slow you down what's going to keep you at that baseline calm but aware state so those are the big ones for me answer those conscious questions and keep yourself in that calm uh, state of awareness so whether that be through active listening whether that be through deep breathing whether that be through counting whatever it may be you should be able to utilize your tool and you should have a check-in tool so like active listening or a or a specific moment where you check in with yourself whether that's when you put the shells in your gun what are you thinking? That's a moment that you've got to kind of think about something specifically. So you're either going to control your mindset or identify your brain speed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are specific, specific steps and specific things that you probably want to first and foremost address in your pre-shot. Okay. All right. So Anthony advocates for training a pre-shot routine during the tournament. How do mm-hmm. you coach your students to train their pre-shot? Do you, do you do it outside of the tournaments or do you actually make them work on it in a tournament where it's in a live situation and they can actually see the outcome of that pre-shot routine? So, you know, I, I mean, I like it to be a working document. So my whole thing is, you know, everything I do is based off of kind of psychology and um, you know, I worked, you know, I've been working in behavior rehabilitation centers for the last 30 years. So it's all about, a controlled calculated approach and measured outcomes. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's all about, um, so I'm big on writing it down, sticking to it for a set period of time, and then you make adjustments based on, 
you know, and I would say your tournament, you know, how you react in a tournament, that pressured situation. So I think you need to be very careful about what changes you make and you need to limit the number of changes that you're allowed to make. But I do think that it's a working document. So, you know, if you do make an adjustment during a tournament, you need to immediately, as soon as it's over, you need to go back, get, get to your notes, get to your written down pre-shot routine and process and make those adjustments immediately. Okay. And I would assume that's only after, you know, you see the, the finished product of changing that. Right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You have to believe that what you did helped you somehow, obviously. Absolutely. And you know, my goals don't change a whole lot, you know? So if I'm training most of the time, or if I'm practicing most of the time, I'm working on my process. So I'm shooting around Um, I'm working on my process. I'm working on my pre-shot routine. I'm trying to make everything perfect. Right. And I'll shoot, I'll shoot a hundred targets. Um, I don't usually shoot for score or whatnot, but I'll shoot a hundred targets and I'm working on perfect setup to hold all wax. Um, you know, and that's what I'm training for. And if I shoot a tournament, I really don't want my goals to change. You know what I mean? So if they change when I'm shooting a tournament, all of a sudden I'm shooting for an outcome. Okay. You know? All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, all right, let me change gears here. So Jason was trying to explain to me before we got on the show here that you and him had been talking about Nero psych of the pre-shot yes. routine. I'm not really sure what the heck Nero psych <laughs> means. So please, can you dumb it down for me and Jason so that, and our listeners so that we can understand what you mean by that? Yeah. And, and you know, and that's, that's kind of what we, you know, what we talked on a little bit earlier and neuropsychology is really all about brain speed. Um, And all of us have kind of that optimum place, you know, and I'm really trying to kind of, you know, I'm big on, I'm trying to simplify everything to where, um, everyone can understand it. And I honestly feel like in its simplest form, it's the easiest to manipulate and kind of get your hands on. So to me, it's all about brain speed. It's all about learning to self-identify and it's all about having the proper number of steps to control brain speed. So that's neuropsychology basically. And that's why those steps are so important. A lot of people will have too many steps or not enough. Most of the time they have the right number of steps, but they're not near as specific as they need to be, you know, so they might have a hold point, but they haven't labeled it. So, um, they're, you know, I'll ask them, okay, so you've got a setup process. So you've got, you know, your visual pickup point, you've got your break point. Um, you know, where your whole point needs to be, where is it? Explain it to me. Well, I'm about over here and then I'm about over there and I'm going to break it in that area. You know? And I said, well, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for three feet over the top of that pine and one foot to the left. I'm looking for, um, I'm holding on that maple leaf that's sticking out on that branch that's dropping down three feet or whatever it may be. But I put labels on everything very, very specifically, because if you, if you go to a doctor and you, and he diagnoses you with, uh, it's got a stomach like problem, you know, it seems to be about like this. So we're going to throw this antibiotic at it. You know, if he gives you a really concrete diagnosis, the treatment and his repeated approach to how he treats that is going to be very, very consistent. So most of the time it's the detail that really affects, uh, uh, the quality of the pre-shot. Okay. Um, when we talk about how many steps we want it to be just consuming enough to where your brain doesn't have time to go other places. Um, like, Oh my God, I'm winning. Oh my God. I'm only down two targets and I've got two stations left. I'm going to run a 98, you know, whatever it may be. You've got to be so busy thinking about the fundamentals that your brain doesn't have time to go there. Okay. That makes sense. So yeah. you're, so you're, so you would, you would agree that basically if you're, if you're, you start off, you have your plan, everything's going smoothly. You go for through your first three, four, five, six stations, everything's going well. And then all of a sudden you have a hiccup, you know, you drop one on the next station, you drop two on the following station. So something's going wrong. And now you start yep. overanalyzing, you start breaking it down. Yep. Is yep. that, then is, you get careful, you, right. You start shooting you get for cautious. a different purpose. Yeah. You, you shoot not to lose instead of trying yes. to win. Okay. Yep. So how, yep. so, and, and what you're saying is if, if, and again, I'm just trying to paraphrase here. Yep. If you go back to your process and if you go back to your pre-shot routine and basically follow 
the steps. That's going to help dial your brain back, slow it back down. Because we all panic. Yes. You know, when things go wrong, we all panic, right? I mean, that's the natural mm-hmm. natural mm-hmm. thing. Um, so basically, forcing yourself to think about all those steps kind of takes you away from, I guess, the negative of missing targets. Uh, yes, absolutely. So it takes you away from, so it makes you a little bit less emotionally responsive, right? So okay. hopefully you're going to stay in a more analytical mindset. Okay. Um, number two is as soon as you start to speed up in response to those misses, because it's going to start to resemble anxiety, the faster we go, the more we lose our faculties to correct the problem, the more we start to react instead mm-hmm. of Mm -hmm. have a calculated response. Okay. So the process is really, really important to stay focused on. So if you notice the the other thing that I like about what you said was, you know, let's say you drop two at this station, then you start to drop three at the next station, you're starting to unravel. Well, part of the process is designed is to help, to help you jump ahead of that. You know what I mean? So if I go back and I, and I get to my one second pause before I call and all of a sudden I can't hear the calm, even though it's a pretty calm day, or maybe it's not a huge shoot and there's not a ton of shooting. If it's hard to hear, my brain's going too fast. You know, if all of a sudden the, the squad behind you, they get really loud. And now all of a sudden cart traffic is like, Oh my God, it's driving me nuts. That's your brain going too fast. You're becoming more reactive to your environment instead of being able to kind of push through it. You know what I mean? When those volumes go up and you know that side by side is not any louder than it was an hour ago. Right. But all of a sudden it sounds like a train rolling through there. Yeah. That's your brain going too fast. So those tools are designed. So if I all of a sudden I get lazy and I stop doing my active listen before I call, I'm not going to be able to identify that. And then boom, I've lost two targets. I've lost three targets. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm starting to spin. I'm going to go, Oh my God, I didn't do my active. Listen. Oh my God. I started to leave my process. And if I would have stuck to it diligently, I would have been able to identify it before I lost five targets. Mm. Boy, it sounds familiar. Doesn't it Jason? Uh, a little too familiar. <laughs> so, so Tracy, I went back I did some digging. I went back and um, Wendell Cherry had talked about physical triggers in his pre-shot routine. When he made certain physical movements in his pre-shot routine, it triggered something mentally in his pre-shot. Is this what you try to implement in having someone build a pre-shot routine? So I want, yeah, I mean, I think movements can represent different things. You know what I mean? And you can get movements to help place you in a proper mindset, things like that. But I really, really want consistency. You know what I mean? I want total regimented consistency all the way through. So I want most of my movements to stay really consistent all the way through. Um, but I want to be really, really self-aware of any changes, you know, all of a sudden, if I feel too much front hand tension or too much hand tension, um, then I know that's something to be aware of. And most likely I'm speeding up. Uh, psychologically. Um, I do, I, you know, I pretty much, I I know that sometimes, you know, people have talked about a pro shot routine. I don't do a post shot unless I miss, unless there's something to analyze. Otherwise I'm really, really staying focused on my process and I don't want to leave it. And if I do miss, I'm immediately going to go back to my process and I'm going to analyze how well did I execute my process and where was the gap? Okay. So tonight we've talked about Joe, Anthony, Wendell. Um, yeah. Do you think a lot of the process behind their routines, because they're so, I guess you can call them colorful. Um, we, we've got a lot of that unique pre-shot yeah. routine in this sport. But do you think a lot of the process behind those routines is not meant to be eccentric? It's, it's because of the physical triggers, the physical movements that they're doing in their routine that works for them? I think they're fantastic examples of how well a process and a routine works in my mind. And I think that Joe and Wendell um, and uh, um, David are fantastic um, examples of everybody's got an individualized routine. The thing I like about it is David's worked with Wendell. Um, You've got guys like Tom C and there's similarities, but there's also, 
things that make them very unique. Um, and so he, he, he didn't create clones. He gave tools that allowed those guys to be individualized. And they know, I would guarantee that all of those guys know exactly why they do every step. Yeah, we just, I mean, as a whole, we wish they would speed it up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But I think it all comes down to they, you know, they really acknowledge what they need. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, you know, I I have a tendency to go a little bit faster, um, but I think that sometimes I get too slow. So I really have to identify where's my sweet spot. Sometimes I get to a major and I've got to slow my routine down. I've got to push myself down to about 12 seconds. You know what I mean? But at least I have something so concrete that I can make finite little adjustments on my way through a round to control that. You know what I mean? I'm self-aware enough because I've got the tools and I've developed the tools to do that, but I've got a really, really strong blueprint, you know, to make subtle changes. Yeah. You know, and you look at Kevin DeMichael, five years ago that guy could not get shells in the gun fast enough and then (laughs) and but but now he's slowed down you know and it was the same way not only in his pre-shot but his actual execution it used to be he tried to take that thing as early in the flight as he could now he's kind of hanging on to a bird a little bit longer so yeah you know and you know credit to ben huswade he said that your pre-shot will continuously evolve um, yeah, you, absolutely. Do you agree with that? I do. And I really, the thing that I love about that statement is, is in order to evolve, you've got to have something that you at one point in time that you could write down and you're constantly analyzing, you know, I think it's really hard to evolve from an unknown place, right? But evolution happens really quickly when it comes from a calculated place, you know, mm. it's, um, it's easier to make that progress. sustainable progress right well trace we could trust me we can go on forever about this if someone (laughs) wants to get a hold of you do you do remote lessons or remote help with this kind of stuff you know i i haven't and part of it is just because i'm so busy right now i'm still um i'm still i still have a day job and i'm literally through the summer i teach about seven days a week um and so I'm just, I'm still kind of in that trying to keep up phase with everything. So I'm probably going to have more, um, on the road dates. I'm probably going to get to some different States and teach a little bit more out of state. Okay. Um, but a huge part of it is being able to watch your students shoot right. and, and, and really kind of give them that baseline. If okay. you can watch your students shoot, give them a baseline routine or make adjustments to their existing routine, get them to write down what they're doing then they can really grow from there. Then give them three months and then it's great to check in from there, but then they've got a really strong basis to go off of. Right. Well, what we need to do is get you over here for the Ohio state shoot. And I'm get, all over it. There's get, an idea. And get you in on a clinic with Chad Roberts. Heck yeah. That that would be cool. I'm I'd liking, love to teach with Chad. We, you know, me and Chad have been talking about it for years and I don't think we've, you know, he's got a busy schedule. I got a busy schedule. It's super hard to kind of correlate, but I'd love to teach with Chad. He's but if you're dude. both in town for the Ohio state shoot, <laughs> I, I see what he's doing you here. See Tracy. what I'm doing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He's, so, he's right. so subtle. He's but, so subtle. But no, seriously, Tracy. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, maybe they're over in the Washington area, um, or if you're willing to talk to them about this stuff, how can they get a hold of you? Um, you know, the best thing to do is you know you can shoot me an email at uh, darkhorseshootingtw um, at gmail dot com. Or, um, you know, give me a call or text me, uh, 509-998-0261. Best thing to do is send me a text and kind of set up a time to talk. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I enjoy discussing it. It's, um, there's a lot to it and it should be very individualized. Yeah, for sure. And trust me, you and I'll be talking in the future for sure. But yeah, we, well, we, Lord knows I could talk about it forever. Uh, it's it's awesome. It's I an mean, awesome topic. It's and fascinating. I, yeah, I think once you get to a certain point with your shooting, once you've kind of mastered the fundamentals, or at least, you know, you got a good grasp on them, I think this is where most of regular shooters kind of either lose focus or they don't give enough attention to this part of the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, because it really yeah. is, you know, a mental thing. Uh, yeah. And, you point. know, and I think a lot of people don't identify the fact that it's, 
you know, if you go out and you shoot a hundred targets and you're trying to really work technique and method, you got to do the same thing with your brain. You know, you can't just learn a format and expect it to just go out there and burn it down. It takes a ton of practice. Sure. Yeah. Um, The mental piece is tough. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent because it seems like your skills only get you so far. You, you ever notice that? It seems like yeah, I know exactly what to do on this pair of targets, and there's no reason for me to miss these. I know I have the skill to break them. Well, dead pair, you know, when dead I pair, think, dead loss. <laughs> you know, I, I think when you get to double and master, even if it's a mechanical error in how you tried to execute the shot, it was probably psychologically driven. Oh, I you know 100% what I mean? percent agree. One hundred percent. Oh yeah, yep. It's all between yeah. the ears, man. It's all between the ears. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I've got a lot of space in between those ears. <laughs> 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 well, Tracy, we we love having you on the show. We we hope you'll come back on soon. I know we've got you on for questions for the coaches coming up here soon in January. Um, look forward to having you back, man. We really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for having me. I always love talking to you guys. No, you do an incredible job. It, it's a pleasure, Tracy. I mean, it really is an honor to, to speak to guys like you that really kind of have spent the amount of effort that you have to really figure out these little subtle parts of the game. And I think that's really where the big changes happen. I mean, that's what really yeah. separates the top-level shooters from everybody else is these little, minute uh, things that you need to focus on. And, I mean, I think we all can take a big uh, lesson from this and, and hopefully – you know, put it to practice. Uh, yeah. I know I'm going to try. Teaching's a big responsibility. I take it pretty serious. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, you got your, your yeah. hands full with me and Jason. So, well, when you come over, <laughs> when you come over, when you come over to do that clinic with Chad, maybe Sean and I need to sign up. So. Oh Lord, help us! All right. <laughs> that poor, poor Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Trace, thanks again, buddy. You have a good evening. All right, take care, guys. All right, see you, Tracy. Bye, bye, Sean. What do you think about what Tracy had to say? You know, I think that personally, what he had to say resonated with me more than I can ever explain in words. Yeah. Because again, it's like, like I was saying, I know that I missed because I was over the bird or I was not leading enough or I let it too much. I know that, but I gotta, I gotta start thinking about backing that up even further, thinking about, okay, what made me miss that way? Yeah. And that's where I think I've been failing in some of my my planning and my pre-shot routines. Well, you know, it's funny because how many coaches or how many shooters for that matter have a background in psychology like Tracy does? Yeah. To break things down the way he's been he, able to break it down. He has a very unique perspective and that's that's going to be helpful I think for a lot of people. And what I thought was really cool was he mentioned one of our partners Don Grant and how valid that hypnosis is. And how using that is one of your tools. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, Jason, I mean, we've all been on the course. I mean, you and I both have seen it. You and I both done it. I mean, maybe you more so than me, you you can be kind of emotional when things go wrong. And I see it. I mean, I can see it in your body language. I can see it with your movements. And I think that's an imperative thing that if things do start to go off track, that is even more reason to step back and say, wait a minute, pump the brakes. Right. I'm not doing something correctly, or I'm not following the steps. I'm, I'm, my brain's working too fast. Right. I'm not slowing down enough. Kind of like that patient that he's like, "Hey, did you hear that?" Yeah, and I think you that, know? but I think a lot of shooters can relate to that. I mean, whether you're a new shooter or or a shooter that's been shooting for 20 years, when things go wrong, the human condition is to panic. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, and you let your emotions get the best of you. Then you get the loss of confidence. You get the loss of confidence. You start second guessing yourself. You start thinking about what did I do? What did I? And really, it's not anything more than you're just not following your process and you're not following your plan and you're not following your pre-shot routine. If you follow those things and if you really are honest with yourself and you go back and look at the reason that things happened. I mean, I don't know how many shoots I've been in where I've started off well and I've gone through six, seven, eight stations and things are working well. And then you hit a little hiccup. Right. And right there is the point where it's like, okay, I either need to reel it back in and get back in the groove or it can just completely derail. And then the rest of the tournament, I'm just, I'm garbage. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Exactly. I'm, I'm no, no, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm laughing with you. Trust and I'm me. sure there's a lot of our listeners that can, can, can relate to that. Absolutely. And you know, there you go again, 
folks, we're giving you the tools. If you you have this problem, you have this issue, get a hold of Tracy. Absolutely. Get a hold of Don Grant. Yeah. I mean, you know, they have the tools to help you with this stuff. And I hope people will take this to heart and use this information for what we're trying to put it out there. Maybe for. down the road, we need to probably get Don and Tracy on together and let them collaborate. Oh, my goodness. That'd be like a four-part series. Wouldn't it be? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. That'd that would, be, very that cool. would be awesome. Hey, speaking of helping people, um, y- y'all know I have five-stand packages and towers and all that. I am now a Rainier Claybot dealer. Yeah. I'm now selling Rainier Claybots. Um, those are cool little doodads. Yeah. You, people end up playing with those more than their gun. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, hey, if you, you have some land, you have somewhere to train, and you've only got money for one or two traps, this might be the way to go. Yeah, that's, you know, that's an excellent thing to where you can actually get one machine and one trap and go out there and stand in one place and move that thing around and you change can present- set up presentations. Any, all any the- presentation right, you want right, right then and there. Exactly. So, um, but get a hold of me. Uh, love to help. But, um, you know, we, we talk about taking someone new shooting. We talk, we talk about taking them to a tournament. But if they're having these struggles, we got Tracy Wright that was just on here. We got his information. Of course, Don Grant is always available. Um, she, she's got a ton of stuff to help people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that being that this is the last podcast of 2022, uh, and again, as a reminder, we're not going to have a release the week of Christmas or the week of, of New Year's. Right. So you guys are going to have to chill. Would be a good time to go back. And if you haven't listened to everything or, or there's a couple that you've been wanting to listen to, now's the time to go do that. Take a little break. Enjoy the holidays. Spend time with family and get a little downtime. Uh, Jason and I have a lot of stuff in the works for 2023. Oh so A lot of work. <laughs> uh, yeah but it's it's a it's a it's a project of passion and and we enjoy doing this week after week with you guys and uh can't thank you all enough for the support and uh really look forward to trying to help everybody out so we, hopefully we hope santa claus fills your stockings with ammo <laughs> and we, yeah we, we hope there's a new gun under the tree yeah maybe new new bear pelt vest maybe you know a set of Oda pro ears you know there's just all kinds of goodies that can get a hold of me i'll get you an atlas trap shipped out there, there you go there you, you go know? so but now seriously though um man such a big thank you to all of our sponsors this year um game Boy, uh us ammo uh bear pelt don't know where we'd be without you guys seriously yep um yep. atlas traps auto pro hey we've got the aldera headphones contest coming up that's right um and if you are in the market for a set of ears you cannot go wrong with auto pro they've got a ton of products to help you yep negrini cases oh my goodness sean that new orange that new carbon fiber case i got my hands and my eyeballs out on that at the nationals oh lord help us oh my if you want to be big pimping big pimping amongst your friends at the tournament (laughs) you can you walk up with that new negrini carbon fiber case i'm gonna tell you what they the the seas will part jaws will drop jaws will drop okay all right uh rhino chokes Got some big, big, big product coming from Rhino after the first of the year. They've got a new product drop that's going to be game changer, and I'm excited. I've seen it. I've touched it. I I cannot wait to shoot with it, to try it, but it's it's going to be awesome. Yep. Um, Ranger Performance Eyewear. Oh, my gosh. Sean Alley. Their Ranger Reacts. That was huge this year. Yeah. Um, Best lenses I've ever shot with, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why fire targets? Yeah. We love blowing up their products. Yeah, that's the company that loves to sell you stuff that you're going to break. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don Grant. Uh, you, wow. Where would we be without Don? Well, you know, I mean, she's been she's been good to us. She's she's helped keep me off the suicide watch list. <laughs> um, so, God bless you, Don Grant. We love us some Don Grant. Yes, indeed. Uh, folded wing apparel. Thank you guys very much. We appreciate all your products and your support this year. Woolly shooting. Oh my goodness. Sean Alley. Yeah. If you need a gun, go talk, go contact Woolly shooting. Cause those guys really know how to get it done and, and they will help you and they will get you into a gun that makes sense to you and makes, makes you fit, makes you shoot well. Um, get a hold of John and those guys, Nick. Uh, they're, they're great to deal with. Period. Oh my gosh. I spent a little bit of time with them at the nationals too. Mm-hmm. I just, man, I feel like I just want to sit down and have a drink with those guys and hang out. I yeah. mean, they're so cool. John they're and so Nick friendly. are great people, man. They really Absolutely are. Absolutely. They are. But you know what? Hey, listen, 2023 season's coming. 
we cannot wait to get started. There is a ton of stuff that Sean and I are working on, um, like he said, and we're excited to bring all this stuff to you. Um, we've got a new sponsor coming, uh, possibly two. Uh, we'll talk about that after the first of the year. We've still got questions for the coaches. Uh, we're going to do it with Don Grant, John Woolley, Tracy Wright, Corey Cruz, Brad Kidd, Kevin DeMichael, Chad Roberts, and David Radulovich. So keep those questions coming in. Listen, just because we're taking a couple-week break for Christmas and New Year's to spend a little time with our family doesn't mean we're, we're not working behind the scenes because we are. Absolutely. So don't hesitate to send us those questions in. We'll, we'll get them written down. We'll get them safe for when we have those coaches on. Um Sean, am I forgetting anything? I mean, this has just been an awesome year, man. Yeah, it's been an awesome year, and there's been a lot to cover in this episode. And, and, you know, from us to you guys out there, thank you for being listeners. Thank you for supporting the Dead Pair. We always enjoy talking to you guys at the shoots. We love hearing about you uh, on our Facebook page, Instagram, uh, emails, all that stuff. Um, I mean, we're here to try to bring... The, the fun that is this this sport to everybody out there yes. and make it reachable for everybody and make it more enjoyable and if you you know if you have problems with anything yeah pre-shot routine whatever it may be any of the topics that we discuss that's why we're here is to try and help and we're going to keep bringing you good information week after week as much as we can as best we can so sean alley until 2023. We wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, Happy New Year, and we can't wait to see you all back here in the Dead Pair in 2023. We'll see you next time on the Dead Pair Podcast. The Dead Pair. The Dead Pair Podcast is energized by KLMO Game Boy US. The Dead Pair theme song was written, arranged, and produced by Toby Tomplay. Special thanks to the following sponsors, Bear Pelt, Negrini, Rhino, Otopro, Don Grant, Atlas Trap Company, RE Ranger, Wooly Shooting, Folded Wing Apparel Company, and White Flyer Targets.